In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B. And as promised, we're going to keep the vibe going with my man, Raz Hassan, one of the co-founders of Broke Capital. I'm loving the energy that I'm getting on and offline. I'm telling you, man, this series has been generating a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of energy, and I'm loving it. So let's keep that same energy right after these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hardware, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. So, you talked about leveraging technology. And on your website... Um, it says there's one statement that says uh, we are a group of HBCU grads on a mission to fuse okay. technology okay. with culture for the advancement of black lives. Uh, earlier on in the conversation, you um, you just meant you, you kind of s- skirted right past it, but you talked about uh, fintech. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how you guys leverage technology? Like what's different about the way you guys le- leverage technology? Where does fintech also come in to play with that as well okay um so we and when i say we i'm talking about my 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 business partner and bro myself and, mm-hmm. and darius quarrels right shout out to the fireworks again mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> 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 okay thanks guys uh, yeah. it, it ain't gotcha. that bad on my end though i, I wouldn't have even okay. known if you didn't say anything so okay yeah. gotcha gotcha like yeah right. we got the time capsule in there uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, um, the, the, like we came into the game as I study sociology, you know what I'm saying? And as you can see, like I'm a, I'm a creative, I'm an artistic guy, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I use language, right? So social science, yeah. right? Studying social problems and just being a naturally, uh, creative, artistically inclined type of person, you know what I'm saying? I used to want to be a comic book artist, you know what I'm saying? Back in the day, like I used to want to sketch for a living or whatever. So, like, bro, wait, wait, pause, pause, yeah. time out, time out, time out, yeah. bro, wait, okay, so we got Reverend, we got herbalist, <laughs> mm-hmm. we got spoken word artist, mm-hmm. we got uh, did I say herbalist already? Um, <laughs> we got father, husband. Entrepreneur. I mean, I'm just keeping a running tally, bro. I'm like, man, that's funny, okay. man. That's funny. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, right. man. That's fun. That's, that's, that's hilarious. You put all of this together, man, because it's a, it's a it's a whole lot more when you start counting the things that I actually wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That I actually didn't even get into, but yeah, but yeah man. Um, but you know what? So kind of yeah, like bro. what we said earlier, you get more on your way than you do when you first start. Like some of these things you probably had to just by deductive reasoning, like just like, okay, well, I'm, I, I'm passionate about it, but probably not as passionate yep. or that's not as lucrative. It's not as sustainable. It's and then so that just funny. helps you to keep adjusting. It's so funny, bro, because that's, that's kind of like just how I got into entrepreneurship to begin with when I was 14, because I was like, I was like going to eighth grade from eighth grade to ninth grade. I'm like, yo, if I don't hit six feet this summer, I'm not yeah. going to be playing basketball in high school. I got to figure out something else to do. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, that's sure a enough. very sober uh, perspective to have that young, man. That's funny. I, I, I mean, I guess you're right, but I ain't even really think about it that. <laughs> I just knew that I had to do something. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what's, yeah. what's going to work for me in my position? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so, I, well, so that's that, that was a part of, you know, just entrepreneur journey. And then... Like I said, I studied sociology, so I didn't come into it from a computer science perspective or from a, even just hardcore marketing. I learned after the fact, like, oh, this is sociology. You know what I'm saying? Doing mm-hmm, this research mm-hmm. and these statistics and this behavior mm-hmm. and all of that, so on and so forth. Like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't even really, I didn't put those dots together until well after I had graduated from college, to be totally honest with you. And okay. then... Uh, you know, so so what makes the technology different for us, how we use it differently is it's much more people centered. You know what I'm saying? Like we came out the gate where in business is like, yeah, solve a problem and you won't have anything to worry about. And it's like, OK, as a sociologist, I know about a whole bunch of problems. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. it's like, OK, how do we how do we build sustainable solutions to these problems versus just being in the ivory tower writing academic papers about these problems? You know, not just talking about, man, we sure need some light up in here. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's so dark in here. It's like, nah, let there be light. Let's make something happen. You know what I'm saying? Word up. Yeah, or else all that knowledge, you know, the accumulation of knowledge is in vain. It's, it's, bro, you know, it's just, bro, it's like, it's just, yo, if, if you know, but you don't know enough to actually apply, you don't you know, know anything. Yeah. yeah. You obviously don't know anything. Bro Capital is the uh, the first financial tool for Black millennials. Can you can you um can you explain that? Because I, re- I really the way I really want to say this: Can you defend that with all due respect? Can you defend that? Yeah. How, like what do you yeah. mean when you say you're the first? Yep. Um, specifically designed for Black millennials, right? And so, mm-hmm. like our like our elevator pitch is, you know, the first financial tech, the world's first financial technology company cooperatively on, owned and operated. You know what I'm saying? Okay. The world's okay. first financial mm-hmm. technology, right? And I got to shout out my wife too for that one because she certainly was like, nah, y'all are the world's first. I'm like, you right yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the world's first financial technology company cooperatively owned and operated uh, specifically designed for black men at this point, right? Shout out to the iteration. Um, that's one of the pieces of the website that we're going to be switching up. Um, but, but yeah, cause you know, we're no longer just for millennials, but yeah, when we came out, bro, 
it wasn't nobody specifically talking that talk just for mm-hmm. us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you could tell from the language on the site to the images on the site to, mm-hmm. you know, the user experience, like, you know, everything what? was right. us. It was no, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, all of these different robo advisors or, you know, stock market platforms and all of that. Like, yeah, they had a millennial feel to them, but mm-hmm. they weren't speaking to the black millennials. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Taking, I hear you. Taking, okay. It's taking a page out of Tom Joyner's notebook of super serving. You know what I'm saying? Tom Joyner mm. knew his audience and he gave them what they wanted every single time. So, he ain't care if mm. you wasn't checking for boys to men in, you know, 2005. His audience mm. was checking for boys to men in 2005. Mm. So <laughs> that's who's going to be on the trip. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. Um, I, I cut you off, though. I, I, I pivoted too soon, man. We talked about uh, the fintech. I wanted you to deal, deal with that a little bit, too. Because uh, okay. your, your site says, we're a group of HBC grads on a mission to yep. fuse technology and culture. Yep. Got you. And so, so fintech. So I think there's a book called the growth hackers handbook that we read okay. early on in our development for of bro capital that kind of like yeah. really framed how we build all businesses across the portfolio. You know what I'm saying? Versus just bro capital itself is there's a Wozniak quote in there that I remember that says, man, you really got to go into it with the mindset in entrepreneurship of at any given time, we could clear this whole table off, you know, and start questioning everything that we think we thought we knew, you know, mm-hmm. and really just having, cause a lot of people get married to the idea of what they're doing. And, you know, I'm just doing it because I got something to prove versus yeah. is there a real market for this opportunity? Are you really meeting them where they are? Are you really yeah. going about this the right way? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so for us, when we came out the gate, it was like, you know, we were essentially thinking we were going to be an investment club, but then we did the due diligence and realized that uh, investment clubs, according to SEC standards, can only go up to 100 members. So we like, well, you know, we moving beyond 100 members. So we can't, you know, and shout out to the Bro 100, mm-hmm. right? That was, that's mm-hmm. why it's named the Bro 100, because it was essentially that first you know, that investment club idea of, okay, well, we can have a hundred members. We're going to have a hundred members. But then we were like, well, we got to build a business around this. That's going to have more than a hundred members. There's a bigger market opportunity here. So, you know, we can't pigeonhole ourselves with investment clubs. Then, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I can make yep. sure I'm tracking with you. Yep. So I know that there's bro capital, but yep. as you're talking, you're definitely talking in pluralities. Like, this is not the first time you just flexed, like, no, we got bro, cap, bro 100. So what what, what entities are part of the conglomerate? Um, okay. Uh, and, and also, I, I had no idea that you guys had such a, uh, such a far reach. Like, you guys are already international. Mm-hmm. Like, can we, just, can we just pause and just say salute? Like, you just started in 2015, you said, right? Our 14? Yeah, uh, bro Capital started in 2016. There's October 11, 2016 is our official launch date to the public. Okay. And we were, so the ideation came like, let's say April of 2015. Okay. Um, and then we had like, you know, had the ball rolling on like the, the very first minimally viable product MVP of just the three of us, me, Brian, and uh, Darius putting our money together 
to kind of form that initial fund of, you know, investing in black men's businesses. And then we kind of built it out from there. But well, like I say, while we were before we even built Pro Capital, we were working on an education technology startup that had us in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, New Orleans, St. Louis, um, and and really like in, in those three places for business accelerators, right? Um, and just learning lean startup, learning business modeling to where we really cut our teeth you know, on the road, like pitching, like we real life pitched across the country in all types of venues and scenarios from the Yale business plan competition to pitching in Miami for Damon John to pitching in uh, New Orleans, you know, during Essence Fest weekend to pitching in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Chicago, like Cali, like we, we really just, and, you know, and, and, and like I say, folks, folks would tell us, man, that was the greatest pitch I've ever heard in my life. Right? Yeah. And, and yeah. afterwards, they still wouldn't give us the bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, okay. And so we quickly realized that it's not about how well I pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool and all, and that's good, and I got the crowd hype, and you know what I'm saying? We actually won this, uh, this, this mid-tier check, but like for the big money in the audience, they weren't investing in us. And it was like, why is that? Right. And we, yeah. man, they told us, they told us like when we first went to Louisville, Kentucky and that's like, so the story goes, man, if I could take it back since we just chopping it up, I don't know how much time yeah. you got, but, but I'm enjoying the conversation with you, bro. Um, same, same. I got time. So graduated college in 2013. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, was, was in Cleveland. So I graduated at Morehouse. And then I was on the economic, I was asked to be on the economic development committee of the NAACP in my hometown, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, wow. like right after I had graduated college um, because of the work that I was doing in financial literacy, you know, with Morehouse's uh, pipeline program. So they was like, yo, you know, you're about to graduate. Come, come rock with us. Cause the president, you know, of the the NAACP at the time of the city chapter was like, yeah, you know, family, friend, whatever. So um, mm-hmm. made that connection, came through. And when I got here, though, right, I came up here for our monthly meeting. You know, I want to say mm-hmm. it was like, what, August? But when I got here, yeah. or maybe, maybe it was September. It was August, September. I got here. Mm-hmm. I didn't have enough money to get back to Atlanta because, you know, just graduated. I'm in between, right? They had really had too much money. So I'm, so I'm mm-hmm. in Cleveland posted, and I was going developing out this curriculum that, uh, you know, I had started with um, some of my other Morehouse classmates. Shout out to Sean Cypher and uh, my man, Larissa O'Connor, because they also were were my partners in that particular endeavor, which was a kind of proto version of what Bro Capital came to be, right? Okay. Um, It kind of really informed how we wanted to do it because we wanted to do a cooperative thing as well, but it was more around Forex at the time. Like I started trading Forex in like 2012, and I was still in college. And this was before mm. it had got like really popular and all the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, man. Um, but I, I really don't even mess with Forex anymore, but long story. Okay. So, okay. so bro hit me with the, uh, he hit me with the LinkedIn message, right? I'm riding around the city like, man, my gas tank is pretty much on E and I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out like, what's my next step? You know what I'm saying? I got the sociology yeah. degree. Obviously it's not like the hottest degree in the market, but I know I'm <laughs> talented. I know I'm educated. You know what I'm saying? I got some connections. Like, let's see what I can put together. Um, and yeah. I just know that, you know, like you say, just that self-confidence of, 
something is going to come my way that I'm going to be able to capitalize off of. All I got to do is just stay for like preparation and opportunity. Opportunities are going to come. I just got to stay prepared. You know what I'm saying? So and hold, hold on. That, that, that's, that's very easy to say yeah. now that you're here. Yeah. Real time, yeah. you were that, you, you, you're like your, your motivation was, was uh, unmoved. Like it was still it, it, at a ten. It was, it was not unmoved. Like it was definitely like some days were better than the others. I'm not gonna front. Like sure. every day, I just got up. Like you know, yeah. I'm the man. Everything is good. Like no, I definitely yeah. had those days. Like damn, like. Mm-hmm. Man, like something, like you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, you feel me? This is not the move. What am I going to do? Should I just go and try to get a job? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was, that yeah. wasn't the, that wasn't the route I really wanted to take. And I'm thankful again that I was able to like be able to come to Cleveland where, you know what I'm saying? I got family and, you know what I'm saying? Fresh out of college, you feel me? I'm crashing on, on a couch in my old room type of deal, right? Yeah. Before, yeah. before things started to click. So, um, you know, thankful for that opportunity. But yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a, it's so funny because bro, I, my last year at Morehouse, right. Kind of like prequel story. I took a class for non-business majors. It was entrepreneurship for non-business majors. Right. And this was the very first year they was, they was going to have it and taking it a step back even further. If everything had a planned out how I had wanted to, I was supposed to graduate from college in 2012. So if I'd have graduated mm. in 2012, I wouldn't have had mm. the opportunity to take this class, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. I take this class, and then my business partner is also in this class, right? But okay. we weren't business partners at the time. You know what I'm saying? It was just kind of like we were the front runners in the class to where it was clear that we were taking entrepreneurship seriously. Like when it came to presentations, they're like, let's talk about this particular venture or the questions that we would ask about, you know, it was clear that we were the standouts in the class. Right. So, so I'm back in Cleveland and I'm pretty much like riding around trying to, you know, just doing my best to keep my vibe up so I can, uh, you know, attract those things that I want to come, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that I can, you know, connect so so even back then you were on that on that wave like oh for sure for sure for sure yeah bro like like um we can get into like my high school i had i had some like a lot in my life bro i had some dope black men educators in public school in the cleveland municipal school district especially in high school that like really put me on um one put me on and like mr allen shout out to sean xavier allen he put me on to uh just like really diving in and beginning to question what I thought I knew. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... 
When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. Tell me, tell me, how are you guys using, um, well, first of all, because listeners may not be aware of mm-hmm. FinTech, what it is and how it works. Can you, can you start there? And then you can talk about the role that FinTech plays in Bro Capital. Okay. Um, so FinTech is financial technology. Um, and it's really just, you know, moving towards that automation of money where you're not really dealing in cash, but it's more numbers on screens and computers talking to other computers, right? Um, uh-huh. To make things move. And so for us, financial technology comes into play once we talk about building up our cash reserve and members building up their own cash reserve. And that's really, that's really like one of the major components of it once we start getting into that competitive matrix of how do we differentiate from an acorn? How do we differentiate from a Robin Hood? How do we differentiate from your blessing loom Susu? Right. Uh. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? All of those things. It's like, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, why wouldn't I just go with them? So I can like kind of break it down to where um, we have a, we built a, a financial wellness model, right? To where it's like, on one end, it's financial literacy, rather nebulous, ambiguous concept, right? And it's just a bunch of information, but that's pretty broad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then on the on the other end of the spectrum, the the whole goal is to get financial literacy so we can get financial independence, right? Yeah. But it's like yeah. we both know that knowledge isn't going to get you to where you want to be. It's a critical portion to it. But what uh-huh. does that journey look like? You know what I'm saying? What's that middle portion? And for us, that middle portion is what we've identified as financial wellness, right? In order yeah. to get to financial independence. And so we're able to measure financial wellness by four things. The first thing is being able to handle your basic uh, needs, right? Food, clothing, shelter, situation like that, right? Um, The second thing is being able to handle a $1,000 emergency. So whether that be a plane ticket, you know what I'm saying? Uh, You lost your job, you need a new laptop, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. may happen, $1,000 on hand. Um, and, and most millennials, yeah. not and, just and black millennials, right? Most I millennials saw your website. are not able to cover that. Yep. Yeah, your website says, uh, what, 70%, right? Of 70%. Exactly, exactly. And that was, wow. I want to say that was Stanford research, but this research for this financial wellness model was conducted with the National Science Foundation, a grant from the National Science Foundation. So it's not like we just came up with this in our basement, you know, you know, shooting the shit or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, so, so that third component is 
being able to take advantage of financial opportunities as they present themselves or invest at will. And at the time, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, this was like 2016, 17, was really mm-hmm. popping mm-hmm. really hot. And it's like, yep. man, and yep. there was many articles coming out about black people being left out because A, we either didn't know about it, right? We weren't either versed enough to feel comfortable or we just yeah. simply didn't have the expendable capital to, yeah. you know, allocate towards Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies when we didn't really understand the fungibility and how is this going to work in my real life and, you know, all yeah. of those types of things. So being able to invest and invest at will or take advantage of financial opportunities as they present themselves is the third component. And that fourth component, mm. which is the innovation you know, in the financial services or just financial industry in general is, you know, right. And this is kind of speaking to that millennial ethic and that millennial vibe, the zeitgeist of right now where everything is about community. Everything is about coming together. Um, yeah. That transparency, accountability, so on and so forth to where the financial services industry is really about privacy. You know what I'm saying? It's about behind closed doors. It's about whispers. It's about sliding sliding paper across the table and, you know, shredding it afterward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, So we, so that fourth component is your two closest acquaintances and their ability to handle a thousand dollar emergency, take care of their basic needs and invest at will. Kind of taking from that Jason Uh bar of nobody will fall because everyone will beat each other's crutches. You know what I'm saying? So it's like getting everybody in position. And then, of course, we have everybody else who's in position. So it's like we automate the savings, right, to to help you build out your cash reserve fund to move towards that thousand dollars. We provide education and resources um, around business development, around investing. Right. And a lot of these are user sourced um, or crowdsourced knowledge. A lot of it is also some that we just have built up in-house. And then that third component is that international culturally curated community. From our business experience, bro, it's one thing to have people in your circle, right? (laughs) Uh, But it's another thing to have people on your team. Big difference, bro, to where it's like we, Come on. we be thinking that we be going to these networking events and because somebody know you or whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to just call such and such. And then you call them up and they hit you with that, you know, that average client <laughs> service provider charge. Like, well, my hours yeah. are worth this. And my, you know what I'm saying? Whereas yeah. if you got people on your team, right, it's like, okay, what's the goal? What's the vision? And it's like, yeah. well... Or, you know, this is this is what I'll need in order to make this happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether that be sweat equity, you know what I'm saying, that we put yeah. in, that we know there's going to be someone on the back end, or if it's going to be yeah. uh, we barter in services, or there's other ways to extract value other than just, you know, you know, you just got to pay me. And not saying that we don't pay the bros for their services or nothing like that, but when you're right. building something with somebody on their team, you're much more flexible around yep. compensation and, you know, revenue and so on and so forth. So yeah. um, being able and to call your that, folks. Not, yeah. Well, well, not only that, as you said earlier, um, it's more than just um, financial capital. Yep, exactly. Right? So compensation yep. can look like something else. And then you also, you know, uh, paid homage to Nipsey talking about equity. Because if you help me, I mean, the, you, you know, your fingerprints are all over whatever I'm successful at. Exactly. So automatically, um, you got equity 
and whatever I'm building. Exactly. And that's, and that's what we were thinking of when, um, you know, we were building Bro Capital uh, and not to stray too far from the education and resources piece, but folks often ask, so what do y'all invest in? What does Bro Capital invest in? And it's like, as a shareholding member, cooperatively owned and operated, the first thing that you're investing in is Bro Capital, the company, you know, itself. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.